Welcome to Moadon Ivri, Club Hebrew. Last day of the quarter on a beautiful day here in St. Louis. Um, everyone's excited about graduation and getting ready for the summer, right? Moving on. This place it is a place of transition. You don't always see that until these certain dates come up. Um, for us, we are actually transitioning. Talk about a nice transition. Uh, <laughs> From the prophets, we've been in the seventh century prophets for a while, and then we've been, we're in, before that we were in uh, some poetry with the Psalms, and now we're going back to narrative, uh, to second Samuel this time. Um, earlier, remember, we did our first Samuel, so now it'll be good for us to go into second Samuel and continue the story. Second Samuel <coughs> actually picks up uh, where first Samuel left off, especially with David, if you will remember in chapter 30, um, David went to Ziklag where uh, he was staying and he found out that the Amalekites had captured the city, burned it down, taken the wives, and his life was actually in danger. The people, the soldiers were so distressed at losing their families. And so David and a number of men then went after the Amalekites to smite them. All right? And that's chapter 30, and to get back their children and their families, which they were successful in doing. If you read chapter 30, you can see that. Chapter 31, if you remember, is the death of Saul. So the scene switches from 30 to 31 and the death of Saul. And now, um, as you will see in the first verse of uh, chapter 1 of 2 Samuel, it kind of picks up the thread of uh, David's story after the battle and when he had returned to Ziklag, as we will see. All right, so we were actually at verse 1, and we're going to go through this for guys who've never been in Hebrew club before. We'll go right through this book, and we'll be uh, spending uh, our summer on it, obviously, and probably into the fall and, and winter as well as we work our way through this biblical text. And you'll see a, a lot of interesting stories, a lot of interesting events, grammatical, syntactical, and linguistic features as well, which I'll try to point out. So verse 1. <coughs> Vayahi acharemot Shaul, vedvid shav mehakot et ha Amalek, vayeshev David betziklag yamim shenaim. Okay. Uh, now it came to pass. I'm going to translate very woodenly. All right. It came to pass. Here we have a temporal clause after the death of Saul. So here the mode is a construct form after the death of Saul, and again after, after David had returned, this is from Shuv, from striking. This is a Hiphil infinitive construct from Naka, okay, with a min in front of it. And David had returned from striking Amalek, comma. So the whole temporal clause is through Amalek there. So after the death of Saul, and after David had returned from smiting Amalek, comma, um, Vayeshev, he namely David, dwelled in Ziklag, again he's back at Ziklag, Yamim Shanaim, for two days. Alright, for two days. Again notice the Vayahis, you'll see it at the beginning of verse 1 and, and verse 2 as well and also halfway through verse 2. Um, very characteristic of narrative especially in the uh, early biblical Hebrew style, in uh, LBH style, those they, it tends to be less used. Um, actually, uh, two, uh, the infinitive construct after Vayahi is used less, and we'll see an example of that in verse 2. All right? Uh, notice the accusative of extent of time with Yamim Shanaim, days 2. Okay? Good. Any questions on verse 1? 
All right, verse 2. Now here's another vayahi, which seems unnecessary. See? Vayahi bayom hashalishi vehine ish ba min hamachaneh meim shaul. U vegadav keruim vadama al rosho. Vayahi bevoo el David vayapol artsavayishtachu. Okay, here's another vayahi. Now, and I would just translate kind of now as, you know, now, Bayom Hashalishi, on the day, the third day, Vehine, look, a man um, was coming. All right, and here I had this is a participle from Bo, but it could also be a third masculine singular perfect. Uh, notice the Vayahi is very often used uh, for visual perception. Number one, and number two, when something is unexpected or kind of surprising following it. Notice that this observation is. So he's there two days. Now on the third day, look, a man was coming from the camp, Meim Shaul, from Saul. So you notice how you get the piling up of prepositions with the min plus the im there, okay? Literally, very woodenly, from with Saul, which in English we wouldn't say. Okay, now it gives a description, Ubegadav. And his garments were keruim, were torn. Call participle passive. His garments were torn, and Adama, dirt, al rosho, was on his head. Okay? Now here's a vayahi followed by a bait plus infinitive construct. Very common in you know, uh, early biblical Hebrew narrative. And again, in later Hebrew, you tend not to get this kind of construction. Now, in his coming to Saul, see, or when he had, I'm sorry, in his coming to David. So when he had come to David, comma, vayipol, he fell from Nafal, he fell to the ground, vayishtachavu, and he did obeisance. Okay, from chava hishtafel, from chava the only hishtafel, the hishtafel uh, occurs only with this root. All right. A good, pretty straightforward. Any questions? All right, verse 3. Vayomer lo David, e mizetavo, vayomer elav, mimachane Yisrael, nimlat ti. And he said to him, David, and David said to him, notice the word order. When you have a short preposition, it comes between the verb and the subject. Very typical. And David said to him, e mizet, from where are you coming? Right. Now notice this a mize, it's kind of different than English word order. It's literally where from ze, where from this. Um, and I looked up this construction because I was just interested to see how common it was. And it actually, when you want to say, when you want to ask this question, from where something, then this is, it occurs nine times like this. Uh, one, two, three times in Samuel, once in Genesis, and then Judges. Two times in 1 Samuel, once in Jonah, and once in Job. Um, and probably, I don't know if it's a majority, but a significant number of times the verb that follows it is bow. Either where have you come from or where are you coming from. Notice that this is an imperfect. So from where are you coming? Vayomer Elav. And he said to him, Mimachane Yisrael. From the camp of Israel, Nimlati, I escaped. The root is malat, nifal perfect. The verb doesn't occur in the call. So, from the camp of Israel, I escaped. All right. Good. Um, questions on verse 3. All right, verse 4. 
Vayomare lav David, Mehayahadavar, Hagednali, Vayomer Asher Nas Haam Minha Milchama, Vegam Harbenafal Min Haam, Vayamutu, Vegam Shaul, Vi Honatan Benom Meto. Um, and he said to him, David, notice again the word order, and David said to him, notice it's El, El versus Lo, verse 3 is Lo, David said to him, now it's Elav, and so again, kind of free variation there. And David said to him, Meh uh, Davar, what's the news? Meh Davar, okay, Haged Na, notice Haged is an imperative, Hifil from Nagad. Um, so what's the news? Tell me, please, or report to me. Um, okay. Vayomer, and he said, now here, notice this is very, kind of unusual. I, I think Asher is best understood as a compliment to Yomer, and he said that. Okay, you don't see this very often. And he said that the people, Nas, had fled Min from the war. Okay, Nas is from the root nus. So he said that the people had fled from the war, and also, harbe nafal min ha'am. Notice that nafal is the verb, harbe is an infinitive that seems to function as the subject, and also many had fallen from the people. Notice it's usually used as an adverb, but it doesn't seem to fit too well here, see? So most of the translations go with that. Also, many had fallen from the people, Okay, now notice how he saves the really bad news for last. Vayamutu, and also Saul and Jonathan, his son. And I mean, see, I'm sorry. And they died. See, so many fell from the people and died. And also Saul and Jonathan, his son, died. Okay, so let me read that last part again. And also many had fallen from the people, and they died. And also Saul and Jonathan, his son, died. Questions on verse 4. Yes, Jim. The use of Asher there is sort of a, a correlator or whatever. Yeah. Um, I saw it a lot, in, <coughs> I think I saw it a lot unless I messed it up in Ecclesiastes. And I've seen it a few other times. Is that a, is that a later or earlier kind of trend or is it just really odd? Um, you mean used as a compliment after a verb of saying? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, if that, that it's kind of a different style because normally you would expect a key or something, but key and Asher you have sometimes this use. It's also a little unusual that Vayomer usually introduces direct quote, and he said, and I quote, but here it doesn't seem to fit, okay? Uh, I'm going to keep thinking about this passage and look some things up to see if uh, anyone has any other examples of this kind of thing. When I did a brief search, I didn't find Asher after Amar with this kind of meaning. Uh, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist because I looked rather quickly, but I want to do some more thinking about that because it does look rather unusual. Usually you expect, and he said that to be Davar, you know, and he said that, um, that but here you don't have that. So it may be, um, you know, a kind of a dialectic feature. And with Ecclesiastes, that may be the case. It's a stylistic feature that well, we I see. I don't remember necessarily using it with uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, it, no, it does occur as a complement uh, with other verbs of perception as well, but still, you know, it's relatively uncommon, I think. All right, good, any other questions for? Uh, Paul. Uh, they fell and they died. Yeah. Is that 
two separate things and uh, the, the team casualties and then they were killed in action something like that. Oh, yeah, I mean now you bring up something else. Um, and many um, It's a good question. Uh, uh, you could probably take it as a Hendiades. I mean, because it's really that mood is, is specifying a little more what you mean by fall. But in this context, when you say fall, you think about death. So it's kind of making explicit what's already implicit. Um, notice, too, that the verb yamutu is plural. Uh, and nafal is singular, and so you're going to get a, you know, I think in 2 Samuel, just like 1 Samuel, you're going to get a lot of these more colloquial features, and this, this kind of mixing of number um, is more common. That would be my guess, because we go through, that's one of the things we want to look at. It's kind of interesting to me. Very good, verse 5. Vayomer David el ha-na'ar ha-magidlo, ek yadata ki meit sha'ul vich and David said, now notice how the word order changes when it's not just a preposition. David said, to the youth. So then the prepositional phrase comes last. Now, I haven't done a thorough study to see if, how common that is, but I think that that is what you'll normally see. The word order is verb, preposition, subject, but if you have more of a phrase, the prepositional phrase tends to be after the subject, okay? I can't say that that's 100% certain. It's, I'm sure it's not. So anyway, this is more like English. And David said to the youth, the one who was reporting to him, Magid. This is again from Nagad, a participle used as a substantive. Eik yadata. How do you know? See, now here's after a verb perception. You have key. How do you know that Saul um, and Jonathan, his son, have died? All right. And again, notice you have the singular verb with a with the uh, plural subject here, all right? Verse six, Vayomer ha-na'ar ha-magilo. Again, you see this repetition? And the youth, the one reporting to him, said. <laughs> I don't know why they have to repeat that. I don't know why. It's just one of the things. Said. Um, now, nikro nikreti behar ha-gilboa. Um, notice that this first verb is from kof resh aleph. Second verb is kaf, resh, hey, but remember those verbs parallel each other in meaning, and especially in this context, they mean the same thing. The first one is a nifal, infinitive absolute. The second one is a nifal, perfect, first common singular. Okay? So, and it means to um, happen upon or to encounter. All right? So, nikro, nikreti, notice that infinitive absolute, something like maybe I, I encountered. You said to him, um, I encountered, and then you have to understand them. You can translate then the infinitive like I encountered them accidentally, or maybe I surely encountered them. If you want to make, if he's strongly um, asserting this, I accidentally came upon them. You know, that's kind of what the thrust of kara is. It was just this, this not planned occurrence, I think. All right? So, and, and so if you translate, I accidentally encountered them, or, or um, I encountered them, and this is true, I certainly encountered them on Mount Gilboa. Okay, and that's where we left Saul uh, in chapter 31. Encounter Mount Gilboa. Now you get a little different, different account here than in 1 Samuel. 
And look, Saul Nishan was leaning on Chanito, was leaning on his spear. Now that's kind of ambiguous. Remember in what happened in chapter 31. What does it say? He fell on his cherub, on his sword. All right. Uh, a guy came by, by him and he said, remember a boy happened by him and he said, kill him and he wouldn't. And then, then Saul fell on his sword. Or his weapons bearer, when his weapons bearer saw him, then he fell on his sword. Well, here notice it says, and look, Saul was leaning on his spear. Now, does that mean he was leaning on because he was tired? Or does it mean that he would thrust through? See, there's a little ambiguity. Um, and look, the chariotry, the chariot, hacherev, and the baale, and the leaders of the uh, horsemen, the parashim, okay, hid bikuhi from davak to cleave to. This is a hifil perfect, all right? Now, it's interesting here because it's a perfect form, but you want to say, you translate it as a past progressive. We're approaching him. We're getting closer to him, see? You have just a few instances of perfects with this possible progressive meaning. Um, you could also, I suppose, translate it uh, the, uh, notice the leaders of the horsemen, the, the, the chair tree and, you know, the whoever, the drivers, the chariot drivers of the horse, the horseman drivers had approached him. And, you know, that's a safer way to translate it. Okay, so notice he's describing this scene. And then verse 7, Vayipen acharav, and he turned, this is from Pana, and he turned behind him, Vayireni, and he saw me. Vayikra, and he called to me, and I said, Hineni, here I am. So notice his account is something that we didn't see in the, in the previous chapter. Okay, any questions through 7? All right, verse 8. Vayomer li, and he said to me, Miata, who are you? Vaomar, and this, notice 8a, um, they're having you read, not and he said to him, because that wouldn't make sense. But notice the pointing there, you have the yud and the aleph. You want to, they want you to read, and I said to him, which makes sense, but they're not going to change the consonantal text. See, so he said to me, who are you? And I said to him, again, notice the interchange of Lee and L there? Really interesting. And I said to him, Amaleki Anoki, an Amalekite am I. Okay? Questions through eight? Verse nine, Vayomer Eli, and he said to me, Amadna, please stand. Here's the call imperative from Amad. Please stand, Ali, over me. U motateni. Anyone see what the root is? Motateni? Moot, to kill. This is a poleal form. And I actually checked this. Um, it's used actually, you know, why isn't the Hifil used? Well, here's the poleal used nine times, mostly in 1st, 2nd Samuel. There's a few other places it's used. So stand over me and kill me. Okay, ki, now here's this kind of strange word, ki achazani hashabats. Shabbats is a hapax legomena. And whether it means, some, someone translate the cramp, and that doesn't, you know, I mean, that doesn't kind of seem to fit the context. But agony or trembling or something like that is how a number of people will negotiate. But it's only used once, and the, it's the subject of achaz, okay, achaz, means to hold on for the Shabbat um, has a hold of me. 
Okay. Ki kol od nafshi bo. Certainly, certainly, all still my life is in me. And again, you have a number of ways to handle that strange phrase. I again looked it up because I was interested, and I, this is the only place that you have this, this phrase occurring. And um, for example, um, the Jewish Publication Society has, I'm barely alive. Um, and NASB has, um, my life still lingers in me with the thing as if to say, as if this scene takes place after Saul had fallen on his sword and was still maybe barely alive. And so he's saying, finish me off, see, with this motetani. Finish me off for the Shabbats has seized me, agony or whatever. Um, certainly, all still my life is in me. So certainly, st I'm still alive or something like that. Or, uh, I'm a little alive, see. So maybe the servant didn't quite recognize that he was still alive. All right. Um, okay, we'll do one more verse here. We get to verse ten. Va emot alav, va amotatehu ki yadati ki lo yichyachare niflo, va kach ha netzer asher al rosho, va etz adasher al zero o, va aviem el adoni heina. And so I stood over him. And Amotateni, and I killed him. Here's another polale, five consecutive, and I killed him. Okay, Kiyadati, for I knew that not would he live. He would not live after Niplo, after his falling. This is just a noun from Nafal. So he would not live after his falling. All right, and that probably refers to, I'm assuming, the fact that he fell on his sword or what he identifies as a spear. Vaek, go ahead. Yeah, nephil or nephil. I think it's nephil, nephil. Okay. Then, then I took from Lakak. I took then, then I took the nazer, the crown which was on Rosho his head, the etz ada, and the bracelet which was on his arm, and I brought them a hitfield from Bo, and I brought them to Adoni, my master Hena, here. So that's kind of the opening scene as David receives news of Jonathan and Saul's death. Any questions through verse 10? See, so we're right back into a lot of drama. I love that. So we're going to have a good time with 2 Samuel. And uh, again, those who follow me in Hebrew Club, by the time we get to the end of this book, we'll have read a really significant chunk of Hebrew narrative and interesting Hebrew narrative. So hopefully we'll stick with it. Uh, we're going to have a two-week hiatus. And we will start back in June. Pay attention to the uh, daily announcements for that. All right? All right, take care.